When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. drive energy winner circle monday after a crazy weekend of professional golf i am your host at big drive spence here with my brother at big drive mitch currently in my own basement kind of a kind of a scenario but we're doing it it's um, kind of inception style yeah exactly our our lovely producer marissa is not here today she's in vegas for the super bowl so I am self-producing the show, and we will see how that goes. We haven't been without Marissa in a while, so I'm not concerned. I mean, I'm concerned, but I also, I also have faith in myself. So we yeah, are. I mean, even even when you don't know what you're doing, you generally seem to figure it out. Relatively speaking, even if it's not as good. Like I know this isn't going to be near as good as Marissa, but I think it's going to get the job done. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're here to do. We're here to get the job done. Today is both of our last days in Colorado. We are headed down to AZ tomorrow. <laughs> last Four days in Colorado. What does that mean? We're just going for like five days. Well, our last day in Colorado. Like, I'm just saying it's our last day in Colorado. I don't fucking undermine what I have to say. <laughs> we're going there for Tuesday yeah. through Friday. You act like we're moving there. Well, our next podcast will be from the PHNX studios down in AZ. Wednesday, we 1 p.m. Mark your calendars. Um, so bad at this inverted camera shit, but waste, waste management, management it's, it's officially waste. waste management week. It has been since Saturday afternoon when they decided to call the PJ tour event, but we are not going to talk about the waste management until Wednesday. So make sure you tune into Wednesday show of a full preview. Uh, we're heading out there tomorrow. We're going to play some golf Wednesday morning, play some golf tomorrow, head to the tournament Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, be there. Be uh, hopefully getting some great content for you all. So make sure you're tuning into YouTube, following us on the TikTok at Big Drive Energy, uh, Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod, as well as X Big Drive Energy. All right, let's talk about this crazy weekend that was in golf. So as we see here, watch my producing skills. Oh, We're gonna wow. go right you're back. Pull this up on your own. Oh, um, look at that. Look at that. We've got Joaquin Neiman. And Wyndham Clark. Let's start with the PGA Tour event. Uh, Wyndham Clark winning in 54 holes at Pebble Beach. How do you feel about it ending after three rounds? 
Um, well, at first I understood, bless you. Um, I mean, the weather Sunday, I everybody was posting videos. Like one of my favorite tweets was Andrew Putnam saying, because he's from the Pacific Northwest, he goes, this isn't even bad. There'd be people out here in shorts today. Like it's probably blowing 30, 40 miles an hour, but limited rain. Um, and I understood it a little bit, but then the more I thought about it, the more pissed off I got about it. Um, I think that if golf really wanted to grow and really wanted to, to take an opportunity to be must watch TV on a Sunday, it would have been yesterday, especially, uh, first Sunday with no football in what, four or five months. So, uh, they had a chance to capture a lot of viewers yesterday and they just completely fumbled the bag. Um, and, you know, it. we talk golf, and this is a golf podcast, so I'm going to have some hot takes. I think it's softer than baby shit. And even Vince India, our boy, um, had him on the pod last year. He tweeted out, this is bordering on uh, baby food type soft. And I wanted to quote, quote tweet it and say softer than baby shit in the microwave. But that's pretty fucking gross. So, uh, but either way, I don't know what they were protecting the players from, but you can't tell me it wasn't playable because the biggest thing is is the greens, and the greens are are never really fast at Pebble, anyways. Um, it never really gets hot there. They can make them fast, but it never really gets like baked out to the point where they're you know not holding on the greens. They're super super fast. They are relatively fast. I mean, I'm talking the PGA Tour here, so. It's not like they're rolling sevens on the stim meter, but uh, the, the greens would have been plenty soft and plenty receptive enough to hold balls. The, the greens wouldn't have been that fast. So I just think they missed out on a golden opportunity to uh, capture a lot of viewership yesterday and get a lot of new fans and talk about some of the most clippable moments in golf. What are they, Spencer? What do you, when you see a PGA tour clipped moment, what it, it's either a really good shot or a really bad shot. And we would have seen a lot of both of those yesterday. So that is really what the PGA tour missed out on. And obviously live played in Mexico where depending on the weather it all, uh, you know, it was nice in Mexico, not in California, but live was able to capitalize yesterday. I would, I don't know if they released their viewership numbers yet, but, uh, only having the live tour on Sunday and then having the finish they had, it just like pissed me off. And you can't, can you tell by this rant I'm going on and just how much I'm talking? Um, but if these dudes and I tweeted this on our golf account, follow us, big drive energy. Um, if these PGA tour players are like afraid to go out and embarrass themselves, then they don't understand why they're on TV making money. Like we're either there to watch you be really good or really bad. And it's not damaging the product if those if the scoring average yesterday would have been 78. Like, it would have been legendary. I think it would have been such a memorable day in golf. So I just really feel like the viewers were the biggest losers yesterday, especially, and we didn't even get into this, I mean, how crazy the day was on Saturday. You have Wyndham Clark setting a course record. You have Jason Day tying the course record. Um, so many big moves are being made on Saturday. It would have lined up for a, an amazing finish, and they just – fumbled it yeah well i'll be um devil's advocate here because that's what we like to do we like to be on opposite sides of the spectrum now as far as what you said about it being clippable 
and it being a great day for the fans to watch golf, I think you're 100% correct on that. I think the fact that the shots they would have had to hit, um, there was a few tweets about like the shots that they would have had to hit on number seven, um, probably driver into a 30 or 40 mile an hour wind on a 90, you know, 95 to 110 yard hole, depending upon where they put the flag. Um, but I think that I don't know if it's about protecting the players. I mean, kind of like physically, um, that's part of it, you know, it was just so crazy out there, but I think, you know, maybe protecting the product is part of it too. But I really just think that like, it was, I think it was just a disaster and would have been an even bigger disaster from the full on standpoint of the like ability to get the ball around. Like if a ball's rolling off the green, you can't mark it. And, and got, and, and it's, guys are making, you know, 12s. And I, I know it's Did you fun. not listen to what I just said. I understand that it's clippable and I understand. No, that I said that the, the greens were plenty soft and plenty slow enough to hold balls on them. Uh, yes. You, you think that we weren't there though. Like you don't know for sure that that like that crazy of a wind, I'm just talking like ball, you know, balls in fairways plugging. And then you got, you're playing it, you know, ball in hand the whole time. And they did I'm not that Saturday. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just playing devil's advocate here a little bit and saying that, for the overall product of the the tour and what like the the logistics behind that round that it would have taken to play it and how long it would have taken i just don't think it was possible i mean it's a pj tour bro it's not some jankity ass mini tour it's a multi-billion dollar corporation if they can pull something off um like the covering the olympics covering the Ryder cup doing all this um we just got a comment. Players would have hated it. Two has to keep their feelings in mind or they'll just leave and go to live. Would have been such a good watch, though. 100% correct. Uh, Wyndham Clark, he actually got asked about live afterwards. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, um, and he said. Quote. You have the, you want the quote? You want it? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, pull it up. I, oh, I don't know if I can. This is good podcasting. Oh, here we go. Here oh, we go. well, don't you don't need to pull it up. I'll just Holy read shit. it. But basically, <laughs> basically, all right. After winning the shortened AT&T program, Wyndham Clark was asked if, if he considered a move to live golf quote. I definitely met with live and went through those discussions. I wanted to see what they could bring to the table. I ultimately declined to go to live because I felt like I still have a lot of things left in the tank on the PGA tour and wanted to chase records. I wanted to chase world ranking. My dream is to try to be one of the top players in the world, if not the top player, at least for this season, I am 100% set on the PGA Tour and want to get as high in the world as I possibly can. Ooh, so just just for this, at least for this season, he could yeah, be dropping, and, dropping hint bombs on us. And he said that he said talk to a lot to Adam Scott, Patrick Cantley, and Jordan Spieth um, because they have put in so much effort on the PGA Tour and Tiger Woods. Uh, so those were some guys that helped him, quote unquote, make that decision. I, I don't think we've, we've, I mean, we've talked about live being a, you know, non, non-official world golf ranking. And we can get into that a little later with what Joaquin Neiman said in his post-round interview. But do you think on the other side of the spectrum, do you think PGA tour players at all are fighting for non-official world golf ranking points for live because it helps boost them up? 
Like, do you think they feel at all like they're not actually the best player in the world? Or do you think they just take the rankings for gospel because of what they are? Like, let's say Wyndham gets to number one in the world this year. Well, where was John Rahm? Where was Victor Hovland? Or, wow, that was a Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> if, if that becomes true, I want to clip that. But Yeah, that was, that well, was where, very good. Where's the Cam Smiths? You know, where's where's these other players? And, I, and obviously, Rahm has the most clout right now. But it where are these, he, he doesn't have to compete with, you know, probably 15 of the top players in the, in the top 50 in the entire world to get world golf ranking points right now. So I wonder if at all they're like, well, no, that's just the way it is. I stayed on the tour. So I get this benefit, you know? Yeah. I definitely think at the end of the day for legacy purposes, if they talk about Wyndham Clark being number one in the world at some point uh, in this era, there's definitely going to be some sort of asterisk involved with that um because like you said all the top players in the world are not on the pga tour that's just a flat-out fact you have brooks kapka cam smith john rom um you know who else am i missing like just uh, the, those are top three dudes off the top of my head that could beat anybody on the pga tour i mean Joaquin um, Newman right now he's already won the american express um yes now he won his first live event well and so it's kind of funny i guess we'll i'll leave that for later but um, yeah, it really is. The world ranking points are becoming less important by the day. And if you really think about it, this is kind of exactly what Phil Mickelson wanted because anybody that's been on the PGA tour that long realizes how arbitrary and stupid they are, uh, and how much of a nothing burger, like you're, you have no cut fields now where you get world ranking points. How does that make any sense? So there's just so many things. Um, that don't check out. And I, I think that they are eventually going to have to strip it down and completely redo it. Um, you know, and, and say, I, I don't even know what it looks like, but you know, the PGA tour touts their four rounds uh, when in all reality, live actually played more golf than them this week. Cause they pussied out on Sunday uh, and live had a playoff. So they technically played more holes, but since they're three rounds versus four rounds, do you give them, 75% of the world ranking. So if you win on the live tour, it's, you know, three quarters of what a PGA tour win would be, or what, what, you know, what does that look like? But just, it's, it's just sad that there's so much politics that is, is getting in the way of this because you can't tell me that having Joaquin Neiman miss all the majors this year is good for golf and having these live players that are not in the majors, not playing in the majors. Like it's flat out, not good for golf. And at some point money's got to talk here. Like, and that's a, the crazy thing about the PJ tour is like, they're just on this high horse and they don't look like they're coming down. So uh, who knows what it looks like, but yeah, I mean, sure. If Wyndham gets number one in the world, he's still beating out Scotty Scheffler and um, you know, a lot of other elite players, but there's definitely not the depth that there is if you combine the live and the PGA tour. So it's, you know, it's tough. I mean, I, if you asked Wyndham candidly, if he got to number one in the world, um, if you asked him if it meant the same, uh, if all the live players were still on tour, he probably would say no. Like, it's just not how it is because you're not beating the best player, all the best players in the world. And that's what golf fans want. That's what's going to grow golf is watching the best golf or the worst golf. And apparently the PGA tour wants neither of those things. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, they're they're just stuck in the middle. I do think a good uh, point Kyle made too that I kind of just like glanced over originally. Uh, and shout out to Kyle. We'll see you tomorrow and or Wednesday. We're gonna get to play some golf with our boy Kyle. Oh yeah, love Wednesday. It's supposed to be fucking cold and well, relatively cold for you guys. It'll be great for us, but. Uh, definitely bringing some jackets down to AZ this week. It's not going to be as hot as it was. Remember last year, our fucking phones wouldn't even work. Their, our phones were overheating and shit. Was it um, that hot? Yeah, my phone didn't work for like 30 minutes. It, I was having a panic attack. It's probably uh, because you were just on it the entire time and it wanted to self-combust. Yeah, maybe. Or the fact that it was hot as shit. Uh, regardless. But Kyle, the one thing he, point he does make too is the tour has to keep their feelings in mind. And, and that's something that, they do yes but in reality what does this all circle back to the players want a better product for the fans but they know that that means more money for them the players want to have more money in the pga tour they want to make more money they want the pga tour to be a better product well if they would have went out and played in that there's some guys that would have gotten over it and there's some guys like ben the ben griffins or whatever you know the guys posting funny tiktoks that would have been like, yeah, this, you know, I shot 85. It was a fucking disaster. But there's some guys that that would have like been a legit mental strain on them and they would have been livid about it. And whether you like, you know, like you said, uh, if they're not, if they're worried about putting out that number, then they probably shouldn't be out there. And I don't totally disagree with that. But on the same coin, uh, there's guys out there that would have been pissed and then they have to worry about that. So they do have to keep the players' feelings in mind because. What the players have said time and time again in all these discussions with Liv and, and PIF and the new PGA Tour Enterprises is like, we are the reason this is a league. Like you can't just you can't just keep ramming it up us. We're the ones that make the product. You know, if you have if you don't have us, you don't have a product. You don't have fans if you don't have us. So I think that's that is a small you know to a larger part of it that the players didn't want to be put in that fucking situation great tv or not i i get that but guess what they always have the option to withdraw you don't want to finish in the top 25 and make 250 grand be our guest anybody that wants to play golf they had one round left they didn't have to play four rounds in this shit they had 18 holes left you can't tell me that millions of people go out on the golf course every year in worse conditions than that and pay to play golf like it's just a lack of perspective like the pga tour you very rarely they they basically make the schedule around where the weather is going to be best everywhere like throughout the entire year they want perfect weather they want perfect conditions they want to stay at the ritz carlton they want to eat the fucking wagyu and the sushi and i mean they are professional tour players like they've earned that but at the same time get in the fucking mud and get your hands dirty play a, a round of golf that you don't want to play for the better of the game. Like, God damn, that, that got me fired up. And if it, if it's the players that didn't want to do it, that pisses me off even more. Cause you know, if they played, like I said, withdraw, you don't want to play in it. Just take your name out of the, just pull yourself. Like that shit just bugs me. Yeah. And I do understand where you're coming from. So let's put that part of the, the Pebble beach weekend to bed and shout out Wyndham Clark, our boy, um, not really our boy, but he's our boy. Um, beat Mitchell's ass in every single uh, Colorado State tournament for the la- for his last senior year. Well, well, so let me let me set the record straight real quick. This was my senior year of high school. 
Wyndham was at the U.S. Amateur at Aaron Hills like the first month of high school golf. So he wasn't even with Valor. Um, and I was playing with all the other Valor kids, Josh Seipel, uh, Ross McDonald, Jake Stiano, um, all I don't know if Ross plays professionally now, but Josh and Jake both do, and they're both very good players. So that goes to show you uh, just how good that golf team was, like pretty insane. Um, but Wyndham came back for regionals after he, I think he lost in the round of 16 at the USAM or something like that. Uh, played pretty fucking good. Rolls out to regionals, and I'm paired with him because it's like the top three players, players in the region. Um, not a big deal, whatever. It's fucking local Colorado golf. Don't, you know, slap me on the back. Uh, but I watched the dude shoot 67 at regionals. I hit it every bit as good as he did. And I shot 74. Um, so he waxed me and, but what really was crazy, like I had never seen this shit before in my life. And that's how I knew it was different. Um, and Forgive me if I've told this story on the podcast for any new listeners. You're welcome. Uh, but on one, I hit it to like 20 feet. He hits it to like 30 feet. He makes the 30 footer. Uh, I may, I missed the 20 footer. So he's one under I'm even, uh, the next hole is a par five. He hits it in two hits. It's like 50 feet, makes the 50 footer goes to three under through two. Um, and then on three hits it under a tree about 150 yards out, chips it out hits it to 30 feet and then makes that I'm like, is this dude ever going to miss a putt? Um, I, I was like, this is video game shit. Like I didn't know this was even possible. And that is what is truly crazy is like Wyndham, you look at his stats on the PGA tour and he was by far the best putter I've ever seen. Like in real life personally. Um, and he's not even like relatively that good of a putter on the PGA tour. He's pretty fucking good, but he's not like, top of the top of the uh pga tour and putting so it just goes to show you like how good these dudes are um but yeah Wyndham whooped my ass whenever he got the chance and i and then senior well and then he beat me by 20 at state um he shot 64 64 at pelican lakes and i think he ended up winning by like eight shots so he was definitely uh just head and shoulders better than everybody else in the state which makes sense because he went on to play at Oklahoma State, Oregon, and now on the PGA Tour. And we did talk about this last summer when he finally won for the first time. We were like, this dude is going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's like taking the lid off the, the hoop in basketball. Like once you make one, it felt like that that weight was lifted off Wyndham's shoulders because he's one of the most talented fucking dudes as everybody can see, I mean, his ball speed's consistently 185 to 190. When his putter gets hot, he I haven't seen a round that unconscious with the putter. And statistically, the PGA Tour hasn't seen a round like that since, what, 2003? Yeah, it's been over 20 years since a guy made that many feet of putts. So it was 190 feet of putts. Yeah, he had 190 feet, and I think he made 150 feet on the front nine. Um. So let me do some quick math in my head. Uh, that averages out to like 16 feet per hole uh, or about in that area. So uh, that is insane. Um, yeah. If you, as a, as an amateur or even like a scratch golfer, I, I don't know the exact stats off the top of my head, but I wouldn't imagine 
you would even make an average of more than one 16 footer per 18 hole round. If, yeah. And that was his average make of putts. And on, you know, uh, 12, when he's 11 under already through 11 or 10 under through 11, and he makes the most incredible bogey. And it, it just goes to show you, you know, when you break golf down into super, you know, super nerdy stat guy, like if you can make a 40 footer, you can hit three of the absolute worst golf shots and make pars. And you can hit four of the absolute worst golf shots on a par five and still make par. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just crazy what if like it's it's un un like achievable by 99% of people. And even if it happens to a guy like Wyndham, it's once in a while. But when you can make putts like that, it's just it absolutely changes the entire game of golf. I yeah. will I do want to say though on Wyndham's win, so we, we joked, and this is, uh, I mean, obviously it's a fact, but Live Golf with the four playoff holes did end up playing more holes than the PGA Tour this week. Do you think Wyndham's win is was a little bit cheesy, like where they didn't go out Sunday? The thing is, is I, I've been going back and forth in my mind on this. Like, it's a little cheesy just him getting a picture with the trophy. Although I will say, for his sake, the fact that he shot the course record on Saturday and basically was flirting with 59 at a course that that doesn't get flirted with, you know, there's some courses every year where you're like, Oh, there's a chance that one's not one of them. I feel like that makes it as a hundred percent validated as a 54 hole tournament could be. Now, I don't know. I have to check our, our bet three, six, five slips because I don't know what they did with them, but I'm, personally pissed off about the, the tournament not finishing because we had Jason day who had a great round Saturday. Let's be honest. Wyndham was probably looking at a higher number Sunday. Like he's not going to go out and shoot back to back 60, 65. I mean, that just, we see that we've seen this story before when a guy goes disgustingly low like that on the tour, their next round is fucking 69, 70. And somebody could have theoretically caught him. I mean, who knows in that wind, like we're, we're talking perfect conditions here. We'll never know. But I, I haven't checked if our, you know, our top 10 bets have played, but speaking of bet three, six, five, real quick, bet three, six, five, you can do all your betting through bet three, six, five, download the app now and use the code all city in all caps. And you can get two different bonus offers, either one where you bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets, or you can bet $1,000 and get a free bet safety net up to that thousand dollars on your first wager. We do all our golf betting through Bet365. You click on the players, click on the tournament. They even do DP World Tour and other events. So make sure you're on the right tournament. Click on the players. You can click the each way, one through 10. That's what we pick every single week. Pick three guys or five guys, however many you want. All you do is place the unit wager, and it'll double it for you and give you a top 10 or however many places you choose, plus them to win the tournament. So I think my Jason Day bet is going to hit unless they're just voiding everything. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I haven't checked my balance. Um, but I will say, uh, so download the download the Bet365 app. Use that code ALLCITY in all caps and get yourself on Bet365. It's a great app, especially for betting golf. It gives you a multitude of options. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Brackenridge Distillery, our favorite whiskey in the entire world. We, uh, Mitch has been back in Colorado for a few days, so we've been having some sips. I'm still on the pear vodka train right now. While I'm quote unquote, no sugar, but that ends for me the second we get to waste management. So I'm going to be down in some whiskey. We've already got an Instacart order, no free ads on Instacart for Breck distillery whiskey to be 
uh, delivered to our house, our Airbnb, when we get there. And I'm going to, I don't care if it's 40 degrees at night, I'm going to sit by a pool in my, our backyard and drink some whiskey. So make sure to check out BreckenridgeDistillery.com. You can get Breck in all 50 states at, and most likely at your local liquor store. We've already got it delivered for us tomorrow, so I can't wait. Um, I will say, like I like I said, it it's as legitimate as it possibly could be in my eyes because of what he did on Saturday. But we've got another comment here. So fun for Wyndham, but Ludwig was robbed. And you're not wrong, Morgan. Like there was so many guys out there that were about to get another tour win or they thought, and basically they didn't even get the chance to do it. So I think that I don't know the last time a PGA tour event went 54 holes. I can't remember since we've been watching golf, but it feels a little janky to me other than the fact that he went so low. It almost is like, you know, when you jokingly say like, give him the tournament now, like, especially if he would have shot 59, give him the tournament now. Well, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, but that's the tough thing is it's not a Sunday. It's a Saturday. And don't get me wrong. Moving day is the second toughest round of the week besides the final round. And like you said, he would have gone into Sunday with a one shot lead. um, And he had a bunch of dudes breathing down his neck. So you can't tell me, Wyndham wasn't the the first guy on the golf course to raise his hand and be like, yeah, we should just hang him up tomorrow. Like, I don't need to go play. I don't need to go play Sunday, but can you imagine being all the dudes sitting two, three shots back, licking their chops? Like this dude just blew his nut for lack of a better term, shot the course record at Pebble. Um, I can go out and shoot 65 or 66 tomorrow or even 67 and probably gain shots on him, you know, because everything finds a mean he was going to shoot probably, 70 to 72 or, or, or over, you know, and that's the, you can never predict what somebody's going to shoot in golf. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I would be pissed off if I was one of the, one of those dudes in contention that played really well on Saturday, like Jason day, he had a great chance and his round was completely overshadowed, uh, by Wyndham, but he was what he, he tied the course record. He shot 62, correct? He shot 63. Oh, did he? Yeah, and just how shitty for him. Uh, I was hyped because he was on my card this week. I just left him from the week before because I've had a propensity to bet the guy that wins the week after. Um, I'm I'm the good luck Chuck, if you will, of golf betting. Um, but I left him on the card, and he was tearing it up, but nothing compared to what Wyndham was doing, and he was the talk of the entire golf world on Saturday. Yeah, that was a, a truly memorable round to watch, and – We'd be um, remiss to not mention his last three putts were all left right in the heart, like a foot short or an inch short. In in most cases, in two cases, it was an inch short, like one roll. And so I tweeted that and some dude comments and like, oh, you you know, you talk, you shit talking a dude that just shot 60 on the PGA Tour. And I'm like, no, I'm not shit talking him. I'm just saying leaving those putts short is painful when you're, going for you're literally about to make pga tour history like you're you're not trying to lag those up there and and get in with par and that's what i responded to this dude i was like Wyndham, if you asked him if he was annoyed by leaving those putts short he'd tell you the exact same thing like he was not happy either so it's just tough i mean talk about like and that's the beauty of golf there's so many beautiful things uh but the dude shot 60 on one of the toughest courses, uh, not toughest courses, one of the most iconic on the PGA tour. 
And he was probably laying in bed that night being like, God, if I would have gotten that putt there, you know, like he was thinking about the shots he left out there. I guarantee it. And that's, that's just the nature of the game. But uh, yeah, you got to get those putts to the hole, especially, you know, 16 and 18 left him literally right in the heart and in short, like how painful is that? Yeah. And you weren't shit talking him at all. If you know when we're Wyndham adjacent, we've played enough rounds of golf, both with him to know what he's like. We're like here and he's like up over here, but we're kind of like next, like yeah. at one Wyndham, point we were next to each other. Wyndham adjacent physically next to him at one point or the other, but I've seen the dude borderlines. I mean, granted he's fixed his mental game or else he wouldn't be where he was now. And he was just a high schooler, but I've seen him almost snap his putter over his knee, missing a 30 footer that broke four feet. You don't think he's pissed off. He's still fiery. You don't think he's pissed oh, off yeah. about leaving those two short? You're 100% wrong. We're not talking shit. If I if I played a pebble on Saturday, I would have shot a 90. If I would have played Sunday, I'd probably shot 120. So We're not talking shit. We're not talking yeah. shit. We're just fucking saying how Wyndham feels. We yeah, know. exactly. And everybody just finds a way to be sense. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I basically just said it sucks that he left those three short. And he's like, well, you shit talking to him? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that it would have been nice if he would have given them a chance because they were right in the fucking heart. That's all I'm saying. He's, he would think the exact same thing. You couldn't ask one player out there if they had a chance to shoot 59 and they left a putt short, they'd be pissed off about it. So One, one million percent. We can put that to bed. Um, but real quick. Go oh, well, I, I was going to mention before we get to live, quick shout out to uh, Dylan Fratelli who won on the DP World Tour this week. Um, I really did not even know that he was playing golf again because he was on PJ tour broadcast last year. So he was, he's kind of like a, a mid-level PJ tour player actually played at Texas with Jordan Spieth and those guys. Um, but I think this is now his third DP world tour win. Um, so good on him. He wears rec specs during his rounds of golf, which I don't think they're prescription. If they are, I'm going to sound like a real asshole. But uh, I just, he's so recognizable because of the uh, rec specs. And I think he's South African. So pretty good looking South African dude. And uh, got it done, I think, in Saudi Arabia this week. Hell yeah. Shout out Dylan, Dylan Fratelli. I, that was a guy that. Spencer's like, who's that? No, no, no. Fucking eat a dick. Hold on. The, <laughs> the, that was a guy that, like, it. When we went through the whole Nick Dunlap stuff, that was a guy that was borderline on that level at one time. And remember, on he was competing at every tour event. He was a super young kid. And then very, very good amateur. Gone. You know, yeah. that, that's one of those stories. And that's why we were the way we were with Nick Dunlap, who also oh. fired like 80 this week. But Well, I was going to say, speaking of Nick Dunlap, what do you shoot, 77 in the first round? Yeah, he got a hell of a lot of TV coverage, though. So shout out to him. And Matthew Pavon was about to win this fucking thing. Like, who's this guy all of a sudden? Is he going to have some sort of Scotty Scheffler-like run? How much do you think he was cheating out there? <laughs> How many times is he kicking his fucking ball out of the rough? Oh, God, that's fucked up. We can't even get down that road. Uh, let's talk about the real winners of the weekend, though. And that's none other than Live Golf. Um, Excuse me, Joaquin Neiman. And then Legion 8, uh, our boys Legion 8, uh, <laughs> Legion 13, and John Rom's team absolutely dominated. They were partying afterwards. Uh, an after-tournament live celebration looks like an electric factory. And 
Uh, shout out to Joaquin Neiman for taking home his first live golf uh, tour victory. But the real winner was the entire tour because of what happened at Pebble on Sunday. So I, I, you know, we're on golf Twitter, obviously on our, especially on our golf account. And all Sunday, the normal people that you see just going through uh, PGA Tour this and this player doing this and this player doing this, it was all about live. It, all the big accounts other than the PGA Tour affiliated accounts were all talking about live golf. And some were, you know, taking jabs, some were not, you know, so there was a lot of music jokes like how to take this drive seriously from Rom when Bad Bunny's bumping in the back. Like the, there's things like that where, you know, obviously there's some pot shots and they're well deserved because it's it does seem a little less legit sometimes. But I got to say a lot of the things on the broadcast for that live event, I've watched before, but not like locked in because it was the only thing on. It was all we had on Sunday. And I love spending a good Sunday on my couch watching TV. First of all, the the ball sound in the hole, the mic in the hole, electric. I loved that. It was electric. Oh, abs- that's golf ASMR. Like that's golf porn. Hearing the bot, like that was always my main reason for never wanting to leave the flag in because when I make a putt, I want to hear it hit the bottom of the hole. So I definitely think that uh, that's a good thing. Um, like you said, the the music, a lot of people were hating on the music because it just makes it feel less serious. Um, you know, you're playing for millions of dollars and you're out there just bumping club music. But I guess if you think about it, like NBA players in crunch time, they're playing music down the stretch, not during the actual play, but, you know, in between and whatever, almost – they almost need to do like some sort of like running. I, I don't know how they could do it. Like spatial awareness where when the players are hitting on that hole, they kind of turn down the music or almost mute it and have like an announcer. And then in between shots, they turn it back on, you know, when they're walking up to the green, like, well, dude, I like hype music. You know what I mean? I do think they do that. Like I'm pretty sure at the end of the round yesterday on the last couple of holes, like there was not the blasting music. Maybe it was just a part of the course, like 18, they didn't have it. Um, Maybe the, but, the, the music people had to get out of there and they didn't anticipate the playoffs. So they started packing up. Yeah. The, the soundboard was turned They're like, off. We got to get to Vegas. <laughs> we got to get going. Um, no, but I do think that was an, the, actually the case towards the end is where they made it a little more, quote unquote serious and didn't have the music playing uh, at the end of the round. I will say if it, one of the things that's always blown my mind about watching these, like, especially when it goes into a couple playoff holes is how dark the golf course actually is, but it doesn't look that way on the broadcast. And they mentioned it a few times, but when live, uh, I think it was the third or fourth playoff hole when they threw that drone up, and they had the drone, like not the TV cameras of, and the drone was like, obviously as dark as it was, you could barely see. And Sergio wanted to play that fourth hole. They were going to give them the option to finish today too. Uh, but Sergio wanted to play that fourth hole. And it was cool to see Joaquin make the putt and like make birdie to win the tournament versus making, winning it with a par. Yeah. And I did miss Faraday's commentary. Uh, that was great. He, on the fourth playoff hole, Sergio's ball nestled in between the bunker, and he said, "That's like a little gerbil nestled down in the grass in there." That was—it's just great commentary from those guys, and there's—they're just—it's very European. The whole broadcast, the whole—the uh, score worm, score worm instead of a score bug, maybe my new favorite word. I'm gonna always call it a score worm now. Worm—I I don't know why. I just that was a fucking awesome. 
the graphics are great. They have the, they did have, it is a little janky though. Did you notice like when a guy hit it in the fairway, they'd kind of like place the little pointer that goes down to where like X player is and they'd like move it on the screen. Like they'd have it somewhere and it'd like, somebody was like clicking it with their Somebody's mouth. Somebody's like moving it with the mouse. Like, <laughs> like some of the stuff is a little janky, but overall I thought it was a great broadcast. And I mean, I'll be tuning in next week in Vegas. Um, they finish on Saturday, so I'll probably be watching a good amount of that. I mean, we've been before, but never like fully locked. I've never fully locked in on a live event on TV. And I think uh, they were a big winner just as a tour by playing on Sunday and having having their event be the golf event on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I saw plenty of tweets that were, you know, either bashing it or uh, complimenting it. But I will say their production level and the amount of golf shots they show in their broadcast, this isn't a hot take, is 10 times better than the PGA Tour. Like, it is pretty evident that the PGA Tour's broadcasting is broken. Um, they're showing, you know, one shot a minute, maybe two shots a minute, and Liv is probably showing four to five shots a minute. Um, so you're getting more action right in your face. There is a lot of positive. There's a lot of, you know, upside to it. Um, and there's a lot of negatives, like, Let's talk a few uh, Joaquin Neiman things. Um, funny, funny one was the drop where he received a two-stroke penalty because he was. It just looked like a fuck it. This is the live tour. Um, I'm not like he set a tee down, but then he didn't get a club back out and he just dropped. Like he just guesstimated. Oh, I'm within a club length of this tee, and he's well further from the like some high school shit you would pull. You're like, oh, this grass looks a little better. You know, my driver's about this long and you just drop it there. Um, so he got penalized for that, which was pretty funny. Um, and then the break he caught in the playoff, shit pumping the first tee shot uh, on the first hole into the trees and it bouncing out into the rough was the biggest break he could have gotten. Um, but ultimately the first thing he mentioned when he won the event, they asked him how he feels. He goes, well, I'm still not in the majors. And so you can't tell me that's not at the top of those dudes' minds. Like, what does this winning mean for me besides – and that just goes to show you, like, money can't buy you everything you want. Like, Joaquin Neiman's first thought in his head was still, uh, you know, why am I not being able to play in the majors when I just won a golf tournament against some of the best players in the world? Um, so you can tell where they're, those guys' mindsets are at with that kind of thing. Like the majors are still on their minds and I, I don't think they're, they're super stoked about not being in there real quick. I will say, I looked up, uh, where, um, Nick Dunlap finished, guess where he finished in the, uh, tournament last week. Um, T 65, uh, no T T 98. Uh, well, it was, it was a limited field because it was an elevated event. Um, so there's only 80 players in it and signature event. Get right. Oh, fuck off. Whatever it's called the, the flavor of the year this year, they'll change it again next year. Um, he finished 80th. He finished last place. Damn. Um, so, but Hey, his paycheck, uh, not too bad. You know, he's making money. He's, he moved up further in the world ranking points, shooting seven over at pebble for three rounds. than uh, walking Neiman's getting playing for live. I will mention though, uh, Caleb Surratt is it's Caleb, correct? I think it's Caleb. I yeah. don't know. Um, but he was the, the 
kid who just left Tennessee. He's only 19, so he must have left after his freshman year. Um, but he was a kid who left to go play on John Rahm's live team. He pocketed $1.1 million this week. Didn't even win. Uh, made $350,000 individually and then $750,000 in the team portion because uh, Legion 13 won the, the team event. So uh, you can't really tell a 19-year-old to turn down $1.1 million, and that doesn't include a signing bonus. That's not what they paid him to come play there. So, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like Wyndham said, you know, you, you pick legacy over money, but you really can't go wrong, in my opinion. Like, either get the bag or, you know, you get a chance to win majors. And it, it's really, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but it's going to be such a slap in the face to the PGA Tour players if all of a sudden these dudes are able to just come back. And Rory changed his tune on that. We we talked about that last week. There's other guys. Ricky Fowler, did you see his quote on that? No, I did not. He, he actually kind of opposed Rory's uh, sentiments towards the live guys being able to come back and play on the PGA tour. He goes, you shouldn't be able to just leave like that and then come back so easily. Like it's not, and maybe that's the difference between Rick Fowler. I mean, he still made a shitload of money, but he hasn't made near what Rory's made. Like Rory is the only PGA tour dude that has as much money as any of those live guys. So he's really the only one that can speak on the money factor of like Rory's like, I just want to play against the best dudes. Like, I don't care. I want the best product for golf, but all these other PJ tour guys are like, let the top five, five of the top 10 dudes in the world leave. Like it's just less competition for me out here, you know? Yeah. And it's he, where he speaks from on the whole live thing is obviously changed, but it's also a different level of player talking about where, when they should be able to come back when they shouldn't versus all the guys, your mid-level tour players that get to talk about it. Also, we want, we definitely want to shout out Joaquin Neiman for shooting 59. He actually shot 59 at Mayakoba. And this isn't some fucking joke golf course, which I'll be interested to see them at Las Vegas Country Club this week. Um, but what did it, you fire when you played there? I actually realized I didn't play there. I played Las Vegas National. So different, different scenario. There you I, go. Shit. I, I actually realized that like five minutes ago. Um, as I was getting into my Las Vegas country club quote, but this is also a, a place the tour goes every single year at Mayakoba and Joaquin shot 59 there. So shout out to him. And uh, he also hit one in that cave bunker at one point, which was sick as fuck. Um, still one Best of the place, coolest, most sexual place on the PGA tour. Yeah. Bar yeah if, you, if you missed that podcast, go back and, and check it out. Um, we rated the places on PGA tour to get down. It was a great, Great pod. Best uh, places in golf to throw hip. <laughs> and it's not every single tee box. It's these are select spots here. We've we put some thought into that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So before we get out of here, we are going to have our mulligans of the week. Um, this is a segment if you're new to the show where we talk about something that happened to us during the week that we wish we could have back. And uh I'll start us off. So as you know, we're Zen guys, big nicotine pouch guys. No uh, free shout outs. No, no free shout outs. And the other day I was eating a salad and I was a little high, I think. And I, so I took my Zen out to eat this salad and I put it on my little table tray um, next to my salad. And I go to eat, like start table eating tray? my salad, whatever, fucking TV tray. 
I start eating my salad and I thought that I dropped like a leaf of Caesar on my TV tray because I had forgotten I'd put my Zin there. So I picked my Zin up and just popped it in my mouth and started chewing on it for a second and realized that it was not in fact a Caesar piece of lettuce. That was an actual peppy three. So that's my mulligan <laughs> of the week. I wish I could have that back and not, uh, not almost consume fully a nicotine pouch. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've swallowed a fair amount of nicotine pouches in my day and here I am still kicking. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not telling the kids out there to go swallowing Zin pouches or doing Zins in general. It's, you know, it's a choice. Don't, don't do that shit until you're of age. Um, but I definitely have swallowed multiple like on purpose. Uh, and I don't know what the fuck my problem is now. I definitely take them out. This was like years ago, but, uh, yeah, they definitely, it was wild. Like when I would swallow them, I would immediately get like a 10 minute stomach ache and then it would go away. So that probably was my signal to quit doing that. Um, but I'm just so smart that I just kept on, kept on rolling with it and just kept doing it. Um, Usually when, something, usually when something causes you direct pain, you would stop doing that. Do you real quick story. So do you remember John Tinsley, uh, yes. old member at the golf course? So one of the funniest things I've ever heard regarding golf, especially is he said, you know why golf is people are so bad at it because there's no direct, you know, correlation to you missing a putt. He said, if you're a dirt bike rider and you try to do a backflip and you don't hit it, you're probably going to get fucked up. So it like creates some pressure. He's like, if you just missed every three footer and somebody got to hit you in the dick with your club right afterwards, you'd start making three footers faster. And he, it was fucking spot on. Absolutely true. On. A little negative reinforcement. Um, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Uh, so my uh, mulligan of the week actually happened this morning. Um, I, I let Spencer try to trim my hair. Um, because I trimmed his hair. We're just a couple of, couple of buddies, um, trimming each other's hair. Uh, and Spencer just fucked the side of my head up. Like, let's, let's show it real quick. Um, I can feel it right there. I just gave you a fresh line, dude. Dude, Fuck. you gave me a line for an inch and you didn't do anything to the rest of it. Holy shit. Shaky morning hand fucking fat fingered the razor right into the side of my head. Um, so yeah, I immediately shot a text to my, um, that won't grow back it better. Um, God damn. Uh, I immediately texted the lady that cuts my hair and I was like, I got to see you as soon as possible. So, uh, I, I'm luckily you can't see with a hat on. So I just couldn't believe that I, you should have used scissors. Like, what were we thinking? I thought about that. I was like, why didn't you get this? You have haircutting scissors and you could have easily done it with that. Oh, Marissa tapping in. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Radio Row. How's it going? I just, it's been great. I just want to tell you that I did that to Christian and it still hasn't grown back. Get and that was two years out. ago. <laughs> two years ago well luckily spencer didn't like he didn't like hit like jam it into the side of my head it just it's no. it, well if it doesn't grow back i'm just gonna have to constantly get a fade because that is yeah that's like, what that's what christian has to do it literally like i i just went a little too close during covid and it's like right here and it never came back so holy shit well 
Um, thank you for possibly ruining my hair forever, Spencer. My perfectly luscious locks. Uh, real quick, let's get let's get opinions because I've I've seen something about this. Um, as a dude and as a female, Marissa, uh, do you think like I actually prefer to get my hair cut by a female? Um, but a lot of dudes will only get their hair cut by other dudes. So what what camp are we in on that here? Go ahead, Spencer. Oh, I don't. I cut my own hair in half for you. So. <laughs> You're such a fucking hillbilly. You know I'm that. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I got one swinging. So I'm a, I'm a dude dude haircut only guy. And that and, dude. Um, is- I definitely don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Have you gotten your haircut by a guy, or do you prefer? A girl? Yes. I don't you, care. You I don't think care. as long as they do a good job, like that's all that matters to me. Okay, I I had a dude cut my hair in New Jersey, and he was so, like, rigid on my head. Like, he's just fucking, like, pushing my head with the razor and shit. Oh, so you're treated like a little princess when you go in there. I just need the touch of a nice old lady on the top of my head. Like, that's that's really what I'm looking for. So, um, just had to get your guys' opinion on that. Wanted to see where everybody stood. Yeah, I mean, I... The last time I went to a barber, it was it was a female. I have, I have no preference either way. But if they're going to be jerking my fucking neck around, maybe I'll just stick with. I thought you were about to say something else. I was like, I think you got the wrong parlor there. I didn't need to fucking go to the wrong exit. place if that's what they're doing. No wonder you like it so much. <laughs> Spencer's like, okay, Kyle, well, let me go get my hair cut again. <laughs> What's best for our marriage is I stay out of the hair the fucking salon. <laughs> oh god. Oh well, fucking warm towel on your neck and never uh, never mind. Um we are gonna house, that here. Here. uh <laughs> that finishes it up up our Monday winter circle edition of Big Drive Energy. We will be live at 1 p.m. mountain time from PHNX on Wednesday, previewing the waste management. We'll be in Phoenix all week. Uh, Make sure to hit us up if you're out there. We're going to have a great time, play some golf, wear some uh, rain jackets apparently because it's going to be cold. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. If you're watching our pod on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, all that good stuff on YouTube at Big Drive Energy Golf, on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. TikTok and X at Big Drive Energy. Have a great couple of days. We will talk to y'all on Wednesday. Peace. Peace. We all silly like the mayor. 